Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Today is Wednesday, late edition, Wednesday, September 11th. Never forget. Uh, And today's episode is brought to you by Tide. John, you have a story here. I do. We are a day late, and I apologize. It is because uh, Spartan Dog Wally uh, got into a Tide stick. Last night, and we went to the emergency vet. Quick pup date for everybody. He is going to be okay. He also, the pod's also sponsored by Advil. He also <laughs> ate 10 Advil. Um, so that's a bummer. Um, if that happens to your dog, I recommend bringing him to the vet right away and uh, helping him out because it's bad for the kidneys. Yeah, Wally uh, sounds like he was just trying to recover from a really unfortunate hangover. I get just it. It was Monday. Smashing Advil and getting a Tide pen to clean off his coat. Yeah. So he just, he made a couple mistakes, but I'm glad to hear that the pup. He's young. He's going to bounce back. The pup, yeah. He's, yeah. He's basically made of, uh, made of rubber at this yeah, point. Yeah. The, the Tide, uh, pen, um, was an interesting one, a new one. Um, but Tide, uh, they covered the cost of, um, the consultation. They cover all costs for when dogs or kids ingest their products. So <laughs> shout out Tide. Shout out to Tide. Seriously. Um, that was probably a Tide Pods reaction. Oh, I have to imagine. Absolutely a Tide Pod reaction. <laughs> You're the first practical application of this Pretty much. <laughs> rebate law. Um, ready for a decent segue? Yes. Might really rise at it. I'm ready. Like the Tide Pod stick, which erases all stains. Maddie Cisco, a human eraser um, in the paint, center MSU, uh, perhaps commit. He is committing in about two hours. Yeah, this is our first speculative commitment celebration in podcast history. So we are operating. We're going for it under the assumption that he did in fact commit to Michigan State last night. All the tea leaves are pointing that way. Uh, if he did not commit, feel free to jump ahead. Yep, skip past <laughs> this part. Uh, that's totally fine. We can give you a little info on him though. Six uh, nine center from Utah. Uh, his final four were Michigan State, BYU, Memphis in the bag, Kansas in the bag. <laughs> So we went up to, against two um, heavy bags. Bag and, men. And, and a zero bag from BYU. A non-bag. A non-bag. Yeah. A negative bag. Bag full of Bibles a ba- <laughs> was from BYU. Uh, Maddie might be out on that. So uh, this would be the first, or excuse me, second commitment. In yep. Joining, joining Jalen Terry. And the third, if you want to call it Joey Hauser. You know, because he yeah. would play next year. Yep, so that class looking pretty good. I don't 
we we can speculate here. We were doing so previously today when we were talking. Um, we're not really sure how many scholarships are going to be available in that class. I mean, you know Cassius is gone. Josh is gone. I'm pretty sure I'm missing other well, people. We, what has to – and Kyle Arns. And Kyle we'll, Arns. We'll, we'll, so those three are for sure available. And what we won't know is if Xavier Tillman is kind of the, yep. the biggest wild card. It's not to say there couldn't be others. It's not the only one. Yeah, the other wild cards are Mr. Aaron Henry. Um, a, a very dark horse would be a – Marcus Bingham. Yeah, sure. And who knows about Mr. Rocket Watts? Yeah, but realistically, though, it's uh, Xavier is the most likely. I, I don't. I'd probably. I'd put him in the likely category at this point, sitting here today, just knowing what he, how he ended the season, and the way the NBA has evolved. So, well, age and I think a lot will depend on how the year ends up. Yes, I would agree with that as well. But one person that we neglected, and I mistakenly forgot that could be a one and done, uh, is one Stephen Izzo. Yeah, that's New addition. Right. Stephen Mateen is up. That's correct. Uh, Tom's son will be a walk-on this year, all 5'8", 150 of him. I cannot wait for the visuals of him standing next to Marcus Bingham. I prefer him next to Xavier Tillman in the post. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I really can't wait. It's going to be a reverse Kenny Goins guarding Isaac Haas with Stephen <laughs> Mateen trying to check Xavier or really anybody above six feet. Um I, I kind of love it. Like, sure. dude, why not? I just hope he can bring Brad Calipari levels of swag to this equation. That's all we're asking of him. That's it. I mean, and he's going to make Jack Hoiberg feel real good about his game. Oh, I think. 100, nobody feels better about their game today than Jack Hoiberg. <laughs> dude, exactly. Steven Mateen. Uh, he's you, already helping the team. Yeah, I mean, you knew he'd have a spot. He knew he'd be involved somehow. Also, it's kind of crazy that I feel very old knowing that he is going to college can I can I go on record? Uh, quick side story: coached a third grade uh, league my senior year at Michigan State, uh, junior, both of them. I got the team whose no one's dad wanted to coach. I just did it for fun. I'll let you know if no one's dad wants to coach, it's not. It's a ragtag bunch, <laughs> okay. And we went up against uh, Stephen Mateen's team. Oh, boy. It, it didn't end well for... I can't imagine it did. My squad. Was he slap on the floor? No, my team was more interested in um, not... They would ask to not play, which is not great. <laughs> they was... <laughs> there was... There was Gatorade on yeah. the side. And Have you ever seen the Parks and Rec episode where Andy Dwyer coaches a basketball team? <laughs> yes. It seems to me like it might be that type of situation. I'd wear a suit. I'd go... I'd wear a tie. I love that. I, you know, I'd, I'd bark at the refs. I got really into it. Had an assistant. That's great. I don't know. You know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Should have broken a clipboard. I think that would have gotten their attention. Tried to get run. Usually hung over while doing it. <laughs> uh, Coach re- of the year. Dude, kid on my team, <laughs> he goes, uh, it, you know, with games for Saturday morning. Uh, and he, you know, is getting the huddle. Rough mornings, usually, Saturday mornings. Yes. In, in, the, in the winter. And he mentioned to me that I smelled like his dad. Oh, my breath no. was a little. I guess my dad. I guess dad had a little whiskey breath as well. Dad like brunettes, huh? So bummer all the way around for everybody <laughs> on that. And on that note, nobody won. And, to, and oh, here's another one. Uh-huh. Give you a little segue. Hit me. Speaking of coaches, sure. America's coaches overwhelmingly chose Michigan State to win the 2020 national title in a recent poll. You know, they did ask me. They about did. Yeah, that. they figured. <laughs> I knew you'd get a vote. Uh, no, Dennis Dobbs and CBS um, did one of those anonymous coaches where everyone can really weigh in and really give their opinion, which is cool. I appreciate I love it. that. They can talk about who they think kind of stinks, too, which is Of awesome. course. Um, no one thought Michigan State stunk. 
Instead, in fact, I believe um, it was the most overwhelmingly number one team in the history of his poll. Yeah. Uh, okay. D- do you love it or hate it? Absolutely love it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, okay. If you need to be pushed, like, and need this underdog chip when you're the best, I'm out. Like, just be the best. I mean, you're just you're just completely tearing Mark D'Antonio's entire. They're not the best. Thing down. I mean, we got. Dudes, okay. We I have know. guys, I know. and and that's not to say the football team isn't guys. They become guys. Mm. These guys walk on campus and they're guys. Cassius Winston was a great recruit, okay. Like it's true, guys. Josh Langford, five star. I mean, we got guys. I I don't disagree. It's just the little scared Michigan State fan in me, like the you know it, it'll always exist. Like there will always be that part of me that's like. You know, I kind of like when they fly under the radar a little bit. Sure, it's what but at we're the same conditioned. But at the same point in time, it's not like they were flying too far under the radar last year. We had a top ten team from from pole to pole, and you know, with all the injuries, with all the injuries, with all of the you know, and hung some banners, and yeah, I don't know. There's part of me that's just like, oh boy. It's also because this beginning of this. It, it just puts a big target on their back. Good. Not that there wasn't going to be one anyway, but I think if there was ever a team that can handle it, it's probably this one. Good, yeah, especially when you got such great senior leadership. Um, we found out a couple more details about the schedule. The MSU versus Duke game will be the nightcap of mm. the Champions Classic. So we're the big boy game. It's the varsity game. Hey, that's, that's why I come Excuse to Michigan me, State. MSU Kentucky, I'm sorry. Oh. That was the, we play Duke later in the ACC Big Ten. Yeah, so they're the nightcap of the Champions Classic. Thank yeah, you. Good. yeah, yeah. We're, I think that makes sense. This year, mm-hmm. those are the two best teams in this game. Well, that and um, I would go as far as to say, you know, about the target on their back. I don't see looking at this schedule, you know, in, putting injuries aside. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. I don't see more than two games tops where they're not favorite in in Vegas. I mean, I cannot uh, see more than two games. And none of them are going to be in the non-con. They've got to be favored over Kentucky, Duke, and Kansas unless they come out really flat. I, yeah, boy. So, I mean, I could, at oh, Purdue. Man, yeah. they, well, I, mean, I could see Kansas if MSU loses to Kentucky. Okay. And then maybe gets a little scared at, you know, a little scare from Seton Hall maybe. Duke, I don't think they'll be the it's dog because they'll be at home. Kentucky, I don't think they'll be the dog because it's the second game, first real game of the season. And the yeah, Big Ten's yeah, down. Yeah. And the Big Ten's, you know, da- not down. They're just, it's stronger in the middle, I think, than than years past. Yeah. There's, I feel like the Big Ten, it, it, it's been interesting the last couple of years. It's, I feel like some conferences are pretty consistent. Like the ACC is pretty consistent where you have Virginia, Duke, North Carolina are always fairly elite, mm-hmm. at least the last five to ten years. North Carolina. Du- well, yeah, Duke, UNC. Sorry. And, yep. and then Florida State kind of flirts in that middle zone. I know there are other – Virginia Tech's usually kind of in there. There's, there's like pretty the defined tiers. But I feel like the Big Ten has really vacillated recently where there have been some years where there are two or three incredibly good teams mm-hmm. and the rest is just garb. Mm-hmm. Or there's not really that top strength and the middle's kind of strong. And I feel like this year it's – it's similar to the Miles Bridges, Jaron Jackson year in that I think Michigan State is clearly the best team, mm-hmm. but I think you're right in that that middle class is going to be pretty strong. But it's even interesting because I look at the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and we will get to football, we, we promise. Will, we but will. like, I'm not really sure. Like, I I think 
I think Maryland and Ohio State are probably two and three in the conference. Yep. Right? Yep. Absolutely. And then you got, and then I think maybe the third tiers. The next ones might be Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois. Illinois got right. everyone. They're yeah. Scra- they're more than frisky this year. They're oh, I'm aware. Um, As an Illinois basketball guy, <laughs> long time, long fan. standing. Yeah, I mean it's a, uh, it's going to be a heck of a conference. But that said. MSU just is oozing so much talent. I just don't see a lot of games where they more than two. I think in a normal year, you look at Ohio State and like maybe a normal Michigan. I think in a normal year, you're still probably looking at Michigan State as the best team. But I think there's more of a discussion with Maryland and and Ohio State because those are good teams. They're very good teams. Maryland especially should be really good. And then Ohio State, I think, is taking – if they take another step forward – under Chris Holtman, they could be really good. But I think it's a clear one. Mm Mm-hmm. Two, three, and then kind of that, you know, tears will break out and show themselves from there. But um, all that being said, you know, it's interesting that not not surprising. It's crazy how unsurprising Michigan State being picked so overwhelmingly is. Hey, man, there's a reason that coaches, not from the Big Ten, but nationally, think they're number one. Yeah. So um, we're excited for it. That is, you know, Midnight Madness is just next month. We're getting there, man. Man. But before we get there, we do have a fun football game to talk about and a great preview. (laughs) Finally. It's been a minute. Finally. It's been a while. Maybe the last fun one we've had was since at Penn State last year. Okay, I was going to say this offensive performance, this performance in general Mm -hmm. is the most fun I have had, the most satisfying performance Michigan State has had since what game? Poof. The first one I can think of, this is going to go way back, MSU at home versus Indiana. They went 55-3. to Oh, you're... T- and it was, no, I'm saying this was like 2000... I was, was, at, their, I was a sophomore in college. I remember this game. It was 2008. No, 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 no. This, oh. is, this is later on. Okay. This is like 2011 or 12. I think it was, it was okay. the year we were very good. So it was 2011, the Big Ten Championship, first year. Okay. And I just remember being like, oh, there are zero, zero drama. Yeah. This is just fantastic. I'm just going to sit here and enjoy this beverage. Yeah. I think there were two for me that came up where it was just like the level of confidence you felt and how you felt coming out of the game. One was the uh, Holiday Bowl against Washington Mm. State. Great. That one was kind of crazy, though. I mean, that was nuts. It was amazing to end the season like that. Great game. Uh, The other one... I was thinking it was probably against Penn State when Jack Allen scored that rushing mm-hmm. touchdown the year they went to the college football playoff. Like, yeah. But think about the games that we just named. Long time. Like, there are two. It like If you legitimately think about it from that last game against Penn State in 2015, mm-hmm. there's one other game in that stretch of three years, mm-hmm. three full seasons of football, mm-hmm. where you come out of it feeling really confident about well, your offense. And you watch this team and you're like, wow, this looks like a group of guys that get it. Practice together. Yeah, I, mean, I it just it looked like a scheme that worked that fit their talent that guys knew how to execute. They looked confident. They looked relaxed. Like, and you had so many things. And let's just dive right into it. I mean, like you said, most points since 2015, 51 to 17. I think first and foremost, it starts with uh, we'll start with Brian Lewerke because you should start with the quarterback. I think non hyperbolically, that was the best game of his career. Hmm. I legitimately believe that. And then there were parts of this game where he could have played better. Mm -hmm. But when you think about, 
like when you look at his first of all, I got to find his stat line from this game because it was really impressive. Um, but he he was a, his best version of a true quarterback. So 23 like, of 32. 23 of 32 for 314 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Now again, did throw a pick, was not a good pick, had another one dropped. Obviously still mistakes in here, but 314 yards, nine incomplete passes, not having to run. Like sat back there and dissected the defense and made passes down the field. These aren't dink and dunk run after the catch type of plays. I mean, he was he was he completed passes to several different receivers. Knew when his one guy was getting open. Absolutely fed Daryl Stewart. Um, he looked in control of this offense. He looked comfortable with the RPOs. Much more comfortable this week than he did the week before. I was impressed with the tempo. He made some adjustments at the line. All in all, I truly think in terms of complete performances, this was his this was his best one. Yeah, I mean, the only ones I can think of is when he had the back-to-back 400-yard performances, um, beat Penn State 27-24. Um, mm-hmm. He had two touchdowns and interception, 400 yards. And then when he at Northwestern, but unfortunately they lost that game in triple overtime. He did play well in that one, but he but, made some mistakes in that one too where he kind of cost him the game down the stretch. So um, I think maybe the takeaway here is that we – what we saw on Saturday was the Lewerke of sophomore year. Yep. Of old, we've it's at, at least we've seen it once this year. Yeah, I mean, I think you can tell that he's back. Well, you can say say um, with with uh, some confidence that it's not uh, and it's not physically injured related anymore. We no. have passed that point. Yep. We are we have a 100% healthy Brian Lewerke on our hands, and I think you see in this game alone. Now, again, I know it's against Western Michigan, but Western Michigan's not. Not a garbage team. I mean, this is a team picked to finish second in their division in the MAC, probably mm-hmm. an eight, nine win type team. Um, and he just looked crisp. He looked confident. And I think a decent amount of that probably had to do with the fact that his offensive line really played their best game in a long time. They did. Yeah. It was long time. Zero sacks. They, they kept him clean. Uh, that's for, and then, and more importantly. Um, they got push on the line and mm-hmm. opened up some holes for a new starting running back. A breakout star. A guy that we have been talking about, like kind of sprinkling into our discussions when we've talked about positions. Um, Eli Collins, he's your guy. I mean, I, I don't know how, unless this is some absolute flash in the pan, which certainly could be, Um He's the guy. I think the thing that stood out to me, well, first of all, yeah, I mean, he comes in and runs for 192 yards, and he probably was not thrilled with his offensive coordinator for giving three Makes goal line carries to to different running backs. But I do kind of love that. Keeps him hungry. But 17 carries for 192 yards, ripped off several huge runs, one of 58, a couple over 30. I mean, he was, I think you you got something that you haven't had in a running back at Michigan State, I would honestly argue since since Jeremy Langford, maybe even no, probably Jeremy Langford, because as good as L.J. Scott was, he was not in a, he was never explosive. He was just big and smooth. Mm-hmm. What you have in Elijah Collins is a guy who puts his foot in the ground and picks up steam and really and can pull away from guys. So let's give some context to his stats because it's easy to say, well, you know, yeah, but he played. Western. Well, Elijah Collins had 192 rushing yards, which is the most by a freshman running back in school history, and the second most overall by a starting, or excuse me, by a Spartan freshman running back in a single game. 
in Javon Ringer, who had 194 in 2005. So Eli Collins um, didn't start, which is what the difference in the yeah. uh, stat here. Javon Ringer got the start and had 194. Eli Collins not <laughs> didn't. Yeah, and got 192. Um, pretty incredible. Um, I, I is what is there to say? I mean, the kids, he's 18. Yeah, it's like, exciting, man. I, I think what's but you just see the difference between him and the guys that have been going out there in, in my beloved Connor Hayward, who made a great catch, shout out, uh, in Ladarius Jefferson. I mean, those two, I think, have their own unique value sets. But Elijah Collins is what Michigan State has lacked at running back. It's a decisive runner, a patient runner, somebody who can read his blocks in front of him and help his offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing that the other running backs could never really do is make a little bit of something out of nothing. You know, I don't think that the offensive line, I think there's probably a difference in blocking from week one to week two. Uh, I know Tulsa runs a 3-3-5, which Arizona State does too, spoiler, uh, that confused their blocking sets again. And I read this week that um, what Western does is very similar to what Michigan State does defensively. Like it's 40 front, four men down. They kind of know their roles a little bit better. Um, because they practice against it all the time. So I'm sure that familiarity helped. But at the same time, like this offensive line is, is certainly playing better, but they're, it's never going to be an elite unit. So you need a guy who can be a little shifty, who can create a little bit of something out of nothing, bust a tackle, you know, bust outside of the tackle mm-hmm. and run down the sideline. Like LDJ was never going to do that. Connor was never going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, LJ Scott couldn't even really do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a damn good running back. And so it's, it's really fun to see, uh, you know, who he, you know, who the last one was, was like Nick Hill. Mm-hmm. Nick Hill had a lot of that in him. Um, and it's, it's a whole new dimension to the offense. And I mean, God, you could feel the confidence through the TV. Mm-hmm. of these guys being like, oh, we can hit explosive plays. And you saw what it did to the defense. It kept them honest and allowed Brian to throw the ball down the field and hit chunk plays. That's right. Um, to guys like Daryl Stewart. Who looked like a he looked like a senior stud receiver. MSU has been known for finding guys who kind of have maybe under the radar uh, careers up until their senior year, and boom, there they are. Stewart had a breakout game. Yeah, bona fide star level game from Daryl Stewart. The type of game that you know you hope MSU doesn't need from him all the time, but uh, the type of reliability that you love to have from a senior receiver. Uh, answering the bell with Jalen Naylor going down, absolutely huge. Um, and really, if he can be this guy, that opens up a lot of stuff for Cody White. It opens up a lot of stuff for the tight end. It really just opens the whole field. If you have a run, all of a sudden, if you have a running back who can rip off chunk plays, mm-hmm. a receiver who needs to be covered by your best corner or you know needs to be game planned for, mm-hmm. it allows you to open up so much. I mean, Connor Hayward can now get used as a gadget player. Cody White now gets a lot easier coverage and and not number one DBs. Uh, we can talk about C.J. Hayes made a couple impressive plays in this game. So he's the guy that really stepped in. Um, you know, in Jalen Naylor's absence is he's got the more playing time. And Jalen Naylor, who uh, we didn't even have a chance to talk about it last week because he got hurt in practice. Now it hasn't mm-hmm. been officially documented exactly what it is beyond a lower leg injury. Um, I guess if there's a silver lining, D'Antonio has not ruled him out for the season. Right. So, um, but that said, C.J. Hayes, a guy that really hadn't seen any real 
action that mattered stepped right in, played really well, was not afraid of the moment. Um, and that's if there was one position I think on Michigan State's offense that had any depth, it was wide receiver. Yep. Um, and that is the one area that they could maybe you know have lose a guy and not maybe have a ton of drop off production. Yep. And I think the one something that says a lot about C.J. Hayes is the fact that he played over. Cam Chambers. And if you look at the depth chart for this week, he's starting over Cam Chambers. Yep. And I think you saw why people were excited about him when they flipped him from Purdue on signing day. He's a big athlete. Like, yeah. you just need to give this guy the ball. And they tried to on a, a couple of receiver screens that I think it was Daryl Stewart missed a block on. Um, and he got tackled for like minus a couple yards. But when he got the ball, he ran angry. So, you know, that's another, another weapon. And all of a sudden, you know, the offense is looking like uh, it's a little more complete. Now, it's one game. You don't want to overreact. There were still some negatives. But let's – but 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 still. The last the last positive, maybe it's even weird because um, we – if you're new to the pod, we go good, bad, weird. 14 penalties to two. Yeah. And none on the offense. It's called answering the bell, man. I, I love to see that. that, I mean, that that's Those are guys that got cussed out in a meeting a week ago on last Tuesday and – answered well that can go one of two ways right i mean i mean that doesn't just because you get yelled at doesn't mean that you get better no but it says a lot about the character of the guys in that locker room the fact that and and rookie said it he says i've been kind of tired on being uh i've been kind of tired being in the offense that sucks i just want to be good and i think we took a good step tonight that says a lot he said that that speech fired him up awesome that's my aesthetic Oh yeah, I identify a lot with not wanting to suck (laughs) and wanting to be good. So I I also, yeah, I totally get it. I hear you, dog. (laughs) Um, There were still some negatives here. I think that are worth pointing out. Brian Lewerke had, I'm going to say, at least two picks that got dropped on him. So it's interesting. We go from uh, best game in Lewerke's career Mm -hmm. with a pick and two potential drops, which tells me you think that there is a lot more ceiling for him. Tells me that the balls didn't get intercepted, so I think it was a great game. <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, no, I, I, I absolutely, I, I don't think that this game necessarily has to be a uh, an aberration from the norm for him. Now, I don't expect him to go out and throw for three hundred yards every week. I don't expect him to throw for three touchdowns every week. Yeah. But it's more of the control that he had over the offense, the yeah. fact that he was able to read defenses and play so confidently within this new ish offense. Yeah. Um, and you, he did so much that a normal quarterback does and didn't even have to do the things that make him great. Like maybe there could have been a couple times he could have taken off, but I really didn't even think – I mean one of the things that we saw last week was he got so trigger happy, mm-hmm. bailed out of the pocket early on a couple situations where he didn't need to. And this week he didn't. So you ready for a hot take? Sure. Maybe a medium lukewarm take. A take. A take of sorts. Mm. Brian, this is the first game, as we mentioned at the beginning, in a long time where the offense was just explosive. Mm-hmm. And that is contagious, and it was a good thing. 100%. People are just – and that's contagious to the booth, too. You're making play, making great calls. They're yep. answering the bell. And maybe you're getting a few more yards in every play just because you're you're feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes not every play call and not every call play is going to work. And sometimes you are in this mode of like, big plays, baby. Big play, Oklahoma. Yep. You know, we're flying up and down the field. You know, whereas we've seen in the past, Brian has been pretty decent at eating in bad situations when, when he's playing within himself, throwing it out of bounds. Yeah. Survive. That's trestle ball. Or, and For not, sure. Uh, and, and not... Um, Pre-trestle. 
Jim. Ohio State trestle James. ball. Yeah, where D'Antonio came from. Is, you know, you don't have to win the game um, on offense. You can win with field position. 100%. And so, and so I will say and defend everyone, weirdly, a little bit, specifically the offense. I'm not sure if the MSU offense is necessarily uh, designed to score that many points again. No, I don't think they are either. I think they want to be a ball control offense. They want to control the tempo and dictate. Exactly. And and like you said, worst case scenario on a drive, they want to flip the field. Mm -hmm. That's it. Uh, That's that's how – that's always been the MO. I don't think that will ever change. And I think that they're going to try to run the ball. I think this game, it just happened that they were busting big plays and they were able to make stuff happen. And and that's that's why it's so encouraging is a ball control offense was finally getting a little explosive. And and perhaps, I guess, the take ultimately is Brian's doing a little too much and not because he's pressing – but negatively, it's like pressing positively. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm just trying to keep making great big plays and get yep. chunk yardage. It's like, dude, it doesn't have to, you know, got a little, you got a little uh, slow down, buddy. Yeah, I think that his, he just got a little antsy. I mean, like the one pick that he did throw was just him, like you said, trying to do a little too much. He was actually out of the pocket yeah. when he made that mistake. Toss it away. Uh, yeah, and and again, I think it's still early for him, mm-hmm. uh, and it's early for everybody. So, and listen, guys are going to make mistakes from time to time. So I'm okay with that. We haven't even talked about the defense. I know that's how crazy this is. So we spent most of the good on the offense, which is just criminal considering yes. how well how the good de- the defense is. Um, you know, but in, so I almost feel like it's unfair for us to talk badly about them before we talk. Yeah, I mean they they played another fairly vintage game um in terms of the good western had absolutely nothing on the ground i mean they weren't able to do anything uh the msu pass rush was absolutely all over john wasink all night um credit to western they were able to really do the smart thing that teams have always done to michigan state's defense and that was get the ball out as quickly as possible and they did a really good job of that yeah i mean they held uh, Western and Levante Bellamy, who is uh, an all-NAC performer, uh, to 67 rushing yards. Um, I wouldn't even call it an Achilles, just an area where you're going to get yardage is in the uh, mid-level passing game yep. on Michigan State. And they um, showed the world some tape on how to take advantage of Michigan State's offense. Yeah, excuse me, defense. And I think that, you know, I don't think they showed anything that people don't know. Because the defense hasn't really changed a ton over mm-hmm. the years. How they attack you in the front seven in terms of like where they're coming from and what the blitzes look like have changed. But in terms of the core defense, I mean, it's always going to be press quarters. That's kind of what it's always been. So uh, that defense is susceptible to uh, short crossing routes and quick slants. And it's susceptible to the occasional bomb. Mm-hmm. I think what this team has working for it is that the short stuff, it's, it's going to be borderline impossible to stop. But the scheme of the defense is, is that you – that field shrinks when you get inside the 20. And those short passes get a lot harder to complete. So Michigan State banks on the fact that, A, if we can't stop them between the 20s, we're going to stop them in the red zone and hold them to three. So that's kind of the MO of the defense. But what they have this year, and it's proved again, but Kenny Willick is again having a tremendous day with two sacks uh, and three quarterback hurries, is they've got the pass rush where you want to hit bombs against them good luck standing in there. It's going to take an NFL caliber quarterback to truly damage them down the field, which we didn't really see Western do. I mean, with the no. exception of, and I wouldn't even call this necessarily a downfield pass, but Ricci's touchdown catch was from maybe like 15 yards out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it in terms of 
big plays that they were able to bust. Everything else was short, short, short. I mean, if you look at their their biggest receivers, I mean, they did have one 43-yarder. Keith Mixon was able to, to hit a 43-yarder, but I think a lot of that's run after the catch. Um, and at the end of the day, this is, you know, you can't stop everything, but yeah, Ricci's touchdown was a 14 yarder. Um, you gotta be pretty happy with the way that this defense played, but again, you're right. I mean, it's not, it's not, uh, if you do have a team that maybe is a little bit higher caliber of an offense, might be able to bust a few more plays over the top with a little stronger offensive line. I mean, but, but as Michigan state fans, we got to sit here and say, you know, Good luck. So here's here's something to keep an eye on. So uh, Western did um, take advantage in a couple of drives of uh, putting the ball uh, in almost a quick play action and then tossing it right over top of the linebackers yep. after they get pulled in. And that is good for, um, as I mentioned, the, mid, the mid-level becomes open. And they actually scored in, inside the red zone on that, which I was a little surprised on because, as you mentioned, the field shrinks and he still put in a tight window. That said, the... Um, the advantage for the defense, if there is one when that happens, is now you're throwing through the line. And you saw uh, Michigan State uh, be able, defensive linemen be able to get their hands up and get yep. their paw up. And uh, dropped a can of corn. Josiah Scout drops a oh, can man. of corn when that yeah, happens. Yeah, if we're going to talk negatives, two brutal interception drops by the by the secondary. Guys that make those plays. Sometimes it's too easy. Yeah. It really. Sometimes it's just a little too easy. Yeah, Josiah Scott dropped an easy one and then uh, – Josh Butler, who played really well in this game, I thought, um, dropped one where he played the back shoulder fade to absolute perfection on the goal line and uh, should have had one. He was thrown to him instead of the receiver, and he just straight up dropped it. But still, I mean, really, they were both in good position. So um, because of the blowout, we got to see a new few new faces. Yep. Um, well, Chase Klein isn't necessarily new. But Chase is a guy that uh, has been on the team. He's redshirted last year. Yeah, and so he came in as a linebacker, but they've moved him down to D-end and uh, had his first career game and had his first career sack. Looked like a future player. Jumped right in, um, and he's going to be called on a lot next year. So uh, yeah, He's going to get a chance to play, so that's certainly a good impression and good tape to put out there. Uh, six fr- true freshmen saw the field. Um, Julian Barnett again, and you're going to see Jude had. Pedroso, who is the long snapper, stepping in for Ryan Armour, who is going to be out for the season. So yep. these two are probably going to burn that red shirt in four straight Yeah, I, I think Barnett is for sure burning the red shirt. And Pedroso, definitely, because he's yeah, the only one right. that's snapping. He has to. Um, four new faces. Everyone was clamoring for Nick Samick and Devontae Dobbs. Well, they got in in the yep. second half. I think one of the things that was interesting D'Antonio said was about these guys. He's like, I plan, they plan to use them for at least the four games. And I think what they're going to do is use them up front in the season. I think they're going to play probably maybe these next four because they want to know whether they're A, not ready, or they're ready to jump into the rotation. Well, and, and trial and, by far. And, yep, exactly. And MSU has been. Um, Known sometimes because of circumstance, but to play as a lot of uh, linemen and, um, and rotate them in and out. So they got an opportunity to show what they got. Um, two other players, Anthony Williams Jr., uh, uh, who played, um, he had a decent decent game here. He reminds me of Jeremy Langford. Another His one. running style. His running style, It's. It, I, guess I guess they both kind of do, but uh, his, his stride made me think it was Langford. Like, he looks like a little frog. That's what I always thought Langford looked like, was a frog. And he looks like a frog. Uh, I like them both. I think I think Williams, he got a lot of pub uh, in fall because he was making plays all the time on the on the defense. Um, 
And do you know what? He was out because he had a terrible eye infection. Oh. So he's not hurt. He's not injured. He is probably going to be back next week. But with you can even, even see it. His eye. His, they said one of his eyes was completely swollen shut. With, with even better uh, field vision. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, which is what one might need. And then the lastly... Uh, we may have found a new kickoff specialist. Yeah. All nine kickoffs were from one Evan Morris from Ovidelsi, Michigan, go Marauders. Uh, true freshman. And that's, uh, we think we saw in, in week one, Cole Hahn actually kicked the ball um, out of bounds on one. And mm-hmm. it just can't happen. You can't get the, anyone the ball on the 40-yard line. Looks like Evan was good for um, a handful of touchbacks. So do not take special teams for granted. We have two true freshmen here, Jude Pedrozo and Evan Morris now in key roles. So... Um, I guess that's promising for the future. Yeah, I mean, as always, special teams were excellent in this game. Coglin goes three of three. Hartbarger booms one for forty-two. Just what else could you ask for? You can't. And like, I, the, legitimately that play, huge difference. That play, that unit's play, is going to be the difference in win a game against one of the four tough ones this year. Mm-hmm. They I completely have agree. the opportunity to be that different. This team has. We've said it before. We'll say it again. This team has an elite defense. Above average special teams. I'd border on elite special teams, to be honest with you, especially the kicking game. Ranked out second best in the country last week. Elite kicking game, elite defense. If you have everything else being average in the country, this is a very, very good team. So we watched a couple other very good teams play, jumping into notable national games. Um, Clemson took on A&M. A&M made the mistake of wanting and calling out Clemson and even guaranteeing a win. And then kind of just got slowly suffocated by uh, the Clemson Tigers. A&M, they play Clemson and Bama this year. That's that, rough. Ugh. Don't You don't like that. I'd leave a bag of poop on fire at the <laughs> AD's house is what I would do. Do you have a chance to watch uh, LSU at Texas? I was actually at a wedding on Saturday, so I did not get a chance to watch it. But I see that uh, Texas is not, in fact, back. And that's all you needed to know about that. LSU takes him down 45-38. Hell of an entertaining game. It went back and forth. Um, I got to go on record. McConaughey, too old, man. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Well, isn't he like the minister of culture? culture? I love it. It's like he's Dumbledore. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. I'm, I'm still in on McConaughey. But I tell you what, quickly on LSU, if that, offense, squad, baby. If that offense is actually what it appears to be, mm-hmm. that's as good as any team in the country. So here's, a, here's, a, here's an interesting thought. Everyone's kind of been thrown around, oh, what, you know, Bama versus Oklahoma in the playoff because, you know, it would be Jalen Hurts versus Bama. Huh. How about Joe Burrow versus Ohio State in the playoff? Ooh, uh, former, I like that. Former Ohio State quarterback who transferred, um, was it two years ago? Yeah, looks to, pretty darn good, man. To LSU, and he played lights out. And they LSU gets a lot of, um, you know, in deserved criticism for their quarterback play in the <laughs> last 15 years. It's yes. literally the only thing that's held them back from multiple national championships. Yeah. Um, they might have got, they have a guy. Yeah, appears so. They're for real. Um, so the Big Ten, uh, we'll take you around the results here. We can go pretty quickly, but I do want to land talk a touch on Ohio State Cincinnati because Cincinnati had um, every reason to not win, but to be in this game talent wise. Um, and again, when I say in the game, I mean cover. Um, <laughs> and Ohio State just put on a show, forty-two to nothing. Um, Justin Fields just. Unbelievable again. 20 for 25, 224 yards, two touchdowns. It's extremely efficient. J.K. Dobbins, incredible. 17 carries, 141 yards, two touchdowns. They're a machine, man. 
They're yeah, they're, they're a wagon, as they say. I mean, and shutting out Cincinnati is impressive, too. Cincinnati was never going to do well offensively in this game, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, just because they run the ball a lot, and Ohio State is just better offensive. Like, defense, they're just way yeah. more talented. But 42 nothing is a, a – I won't call it a statement game from Ohio State, but it it's a tone setter. Oh, it, it was a statement for me, and maybe a negative in, uh, for Mr. Luke Fickle, who is – an audition of sorts on national TV. Um, Iowa took down Rucker 30 to nothing. Um, I got to tell you. <laughs> yeah. He's here, baby. It's our guy. Nate Stanley's a guy. He's not not. I mean, he. we've been riding him here and, you know, we've been standing for him and he is a guy. And you're going to have a chance. I'm, you know, saying, getting a little ahead of myself, but College Game Day is headed to uh, watch him play. Oh yeah, in uh, El Asico. Um, against Iowa State this this next week. I so. have to I have to say something here real quick, um, just because we can and the information is available to us. So Nate Stanley goes sixteen of twenty eight, two thirty six, three touchdowns, no picks. Really solid game. What do you think? And actually, no, you know the answer to this, but uh, what do you think? <laughs> I'm not even going to ask you. I'm just going to say it. Yep. Rutgers quarterbacks combined. To go, these are real numbers, 10 of 27 for 47 yards, Ooh. no touchdowns, and two picks. Tough. Their cumulative QVR was 7.3. You added it up. Their average yards per completion was 1.7. That is, that's two different guys. They gave another guy a shot, huh? McLean Carter, and they had to bring back Sitkowski. I mean, it's it's not good. And I just wonder, like, and I see Aaron Young played on here, former Michigan State commit, one carry, seven yards. I hope he's having fun. He must love his brother very, very, very much. His brother owes him quite a bit. Yeah. I'll be totally honest with you. He owes him uh, probably more than he can ever truly repay him for making him want to go to Rutgers. Well, mistakes, we all make them. Uh, Some worse than others. <laughs> Purdue takes down SEC power Vanderbilt 42-24. to um, I will say a notable score is not this one, but the team that Purdue lost to last week, Nevada, mm-hmm. um, they played Oregon last week. Do you know the score to that game? It was not good. 77-6. to Nevada? Mm-hmm. Oregon <laughs> what, just took to Oregon to lost by 71? The other way around. I know. So uh, Purdue, maybe not good. Uh, Vandy may be really not good. That could be something to keep an eye on as the SEC season moves forward. Yeah, uh, Rondale Moore also. Mm. Man, I'd be petitioning to leave immediately. He needs to get out of there. Yeah. And and I say not to another school. I mean to NFL. the league. Uh, Maryland, so the surprise team of the week. Whoa. 63 points on ranked Syracuse. And I will say... Shame on all of us ranking for ranking Syracuse. Syracuse. Like, yeah, taking that's that's a hand up. Moment. I'm gonna take a little away from Maryland on yep. this one. Hey, you did win by 43. That's awesome. But beating the ranked team, that's on everyone else. That's yeah, our fault. Th- that's that's a voter problem. That's I, an us, not a you. Is uh, Maryland the real? I mean, they look pretty damn good, man, and they can really run. And Justin Jackson's good. Yeah, quarterback's good. I think it's going to be interesting. I'm waiting to see them kind of play, A, on the road, and B, play some of these tougher Big Ten teams because, I mean, I don't know, man. They, they're certainly going to well, all be, all change the tone of our game later on in the season. Well, That's the last sure. game of the season. Yeah, you mentioned Josh Jackson. He has been um, he's been on one lately. So, as you mentioned, their first test we'll get to in a little bit. 
Uh, I guess Syracuse is a test. You remember Tristan Jackson? I sure do. Toogie. Seven catches, 157 yards, and two touchdowns for Syracuse Orange. Not enough when you lose by 43, though. No, but he's... Uh, I'm still rooting for Toogie. I always liked yeah, of course. him. I hope he's he continues gotcha. on to do well. Hey, I have a question for you, though. Yep. Because we're going to talk about Michigan versus Army. Hmm. The troops. Surely a blowout. You'd think, especially when uh, Michigan is, gets 23 points in this game. Army is glade 23. Um... Tell you what, Army covered and had a chance to win 50-yard field goal um, just short and to the right, uh, forced overtime, and Michigan overcame eventually. Um, I want to two things I want to talk about quickly. They are Twitter is officially calling for sh- the Shavier's head. Mm-hmm. Shay Patterson, they're out. They want Dylan McCaffrey. They're out. Oh, man, it's uh, you hate to see it. Our annual tradition. Of Michigan not liking its starting quarterback, uh, no matter how perfectly effective he really is. He's fine. Um, I do like, we, we'll spend a little more time here than the other games, just because we have to. Um, Army blew this game, straight up. Well, they completely and totally, now, and it wouldn't have sealed it, but they were on the one-yard line in the third quarter, yep. about to go ahead by 14 points, yep. and delay a game, throw an interception, yep. they shouldn't have thrown the ball. They're playing above water. They're playing ahead of themselves already. So they did blow it. Right, but just they, just you were getting four yards carry every time you yep, ran the ball. Yeah. Run the ball. Yeah. Run the ball and kick the field goal. Go up by two scores. Yep. I mean, like Michigan was doing nothing. Hey. So the uh, defensive part of this, I actually give Michigan a bit of a break on. The fact that they gave up 21 sure. points to Army is really not well, anything to hang your hat on. In my opinion. No, I mean... Or to, to, to hang your head about, I should say. Yeah, no. Holding a team to 14 points in regulation is very good. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see anything wrong with that, even though Army... They really couldn't slow them down, and Army is far from a, uh explosive offense. Um, they did give up 200 yards on the ground, but um, no runs very long. I mean, they had 131-yard run. Everything else was eight or fewer, it seems. Um, but... What would really concern me if I was a Michigan fan is the fact that they only scored 24, and it took them six quarters to do it. It's true. I mean, yeah, six quarters, two, two overtimes to do it. It's not really fair to six six quarters. But the, okay, there's again defensively, I'll give them a pass for struggling. This is a difficult offense. It was a, it's a stupid move, frankly, to schedule this team at any point in the season, let alone early. Oklahoma did it last year, almost lost. Michigan almost did it this year, but offensively. That's bad. Mm-hmm. That's a legitimate, really, really big deal. It is. Especially now there's two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple things that jump out. First of all, I think we can officially say about Shea Patterson is, I think the official ruling on him is he's, he's fine. Yeah. He's fine. I think we've always thought that. Right. But he's, he's fine. Mm-hmm. But it, that was not his hype. His hype was not fine. His well, hype he was went- Heisman, Heisman. Shit. Yeah, well, he went to Michigan. That's what happened. No, when he went to Ole Miss, too. But, yes, of course, when he went to yeah. Michigan, the, 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 the heat gets train. turned up. And now I think everyone's like, oh, becoming a little self-aware. Like, mm-hmm. he's fine. He's not great. He's fine. Uh, and for some reason, now they've convinced themselves that Dylan McCaffrey is going to be better than fine. Sure. Um, so you've created a contra- quarterback controversy for no reason by allowing Dylan McCaffrey to play. You've created this situation for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have an offensive line that looks like because it lost its starting right tackle is a mess. Mm-hmm. They were getting kind of manhandled up front. Uh, they averaged 2.4 yards a carry. 
Not good. No. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, their freshman running back, had 33 carries for an even 100 yards and three touchdowns. That's not good. Three mm-hmm. touchdowns, great. Okay. But on a, takes that, a that, that's a lot of uh, carries. The fact that it, this offense does not appear to have changed. Yep. The formations have changed a little bit. But the effectiveness and the general tone and slog of this offense does not appear to have changed. And it's like hiring a Patriots coordinator. Uh You hired the Bama coordinator, and now you're like, oh, wait, Bama coordinators don't really go other places, and offensive coordinators don't really go other places and succeed. Can I correct you? Because Maryland just dropped 63. Mm, I think we all know who was calling the plays at Bama. Yeah, uh, not Josh Gaddis. Okay, yeah, it might was, have been Mike Loxley. It was one Mike Loxley. Yeah, the defensive coordinators. I mean, there's Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart will always be the exception. Mel Tucker won a nice game for Colorado against Nebraska, uh, but let's just. Put I think it this you got to temper your expectations now for Michigan. Well, now you look at this game, by the way, in two weeks when they got to play Wisconsin. Hey, you just struggled to stop Army running the ball. Hey. Well, I mean, we'll get to that, but don't, folks, Wisconsin's got to buy too, so they got also some time to think about it. Okay, we'll um, move on to another game, sorry. We should, and, but, you know, uh, just, Josh Gaddis maybe fibbed in that uh, that interview about maybe who was uh, <laughs> a little more controlled. Might than have uh, inflated the old resume. Hey, what are you going to do? Quickly, Wisconsin, another shutout, yet to get out a point this year, they're beating Central Michigan 61 to nothing. Um, Badgers might be the second best team in the Big Ten. I know we'll Ohio see. State. I want to see him play a real team. Sure. I mean, we will in a couple weeks. We will. Colorado, as you mentioned, huge comeback against Nebraska in a home away game as Nebraska travels so well. Yeah. Um, Nebraska, major mistake in um, thinking that they're better than they are and then being shocked that they're not good. Yeah. We talked about this. Yep. Not uh, surprised. Former MSU recruit Jaron Mangum with a couple touchdowns. Stud. Running back for Colorado. Hope he does well. Yeah. That's a good win for the Buffs. Yeah. Um, Illinois, I can't trust you to do anything. Um, beat UConn by eight. And it's like, guys, UConn is legitimately the worst team in FBS and they struggled. Illinois back to the basement with you. Indiana, you beat Eastern Illinois 52 to nothing. And the nine win trains on time. Indiana's still going. Um, six 30 things got a little interesting in the evening games. Penn state was down at halftime to Buffalo losing to Buffalo and then came back and won decisively 45 to 13. Um, and then the Gophs in a late night one out West. You shouldn't go out West folks. We try to tell mm-hmm. you, um, but came back and beat Fresno state in overtime. Um, that's pretty, a nice win. Pretty wild game. I don't know why Minnesota's doing this. They are, they're guys. You don't have to play the trickiest games out there last no. week. Who did they beat? I mean, they, 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 um, escaped last week, uh, against, FCS South Dakota State. Don't play (laughs) ranked top 10 FCS teams. Don't go out west and play Fresno State. And especially don't go and play a team like Georgia Southern, who's going to be another test for them this week. They're like trying to make it hard. So um, let's see. Head for calmer waters. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So that takes us to this upcoming week. Not a great national slate. No. Um, Washington State at Houston should be fun. Mike Leach versus Dana Holgerson. It's, I mean, that's why I I'll tune that. in for that a lot. And it's a Friday night, oh, so baby. you can get after it. Giddy up. It might be a little fun. Stanford, some reason, also taking the Minnesota um, conference or non-con playbook and trying to schedule hard teams. Um, first playing Northwestern and beating them, and now going traveling all the way to Orlando to play UCF. Yeah, like why? What are you doing? Why would you do that? People want to go to Palo Alto. 
Take, don't advantage, have, take advantage of that. You don't have to do this. And then uh, Clemson, we, we mentioned that they're playing Syracuse, even though they're a 28-point favorite, just because Syracuse has been giving them some hassle the last couple of years. But so you think Syracuse got caught looking ahead last week? Not just caught looking ahead. I don't think they're any good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little okay. both. Um, but that brings us to the Big Ten schedule, which, while it doesn't have any great headlining games, that said, uh, College Game Day is in the Big Ten with Big Ten team this week. There's a lot of really nice games this week, so let's take a walk through it. Yeah, first one here is Ohio State heads to Indiana Uh-oh. in the 11 a.m. block. Hey! I, I mean, I think we all know how this is going to end, but it's sort of fun to say it might not. You know what's fun, though? If this is a night game, I might think. Indiana like, uh, always does this, though, in that they make it interesting no. for the first quarter, and everyone's like, no, no, no. They do this against Michigan, is what they well, do. Well, <laughs> against a lot of the, power, the Big East powers. Um, just hang tight on that one. And okay. And because... As soon as that gets a blowout, you can change the channel to Pitt at Penn State. Or excuse me, Penn State at Pitt, maybe. I can't remember. Um, this game, they hate each other. Yeah, I yeah. Penn State's looked really good. Pitt has not. Um, but it, everything can change. Uh, well, Pitt beat Ohio. That's a nice win. Ohio's a great, the best MAC team. Congrats. Okay, Eastern Michigan at Illinois. Another game I just wish wasn't happening. Well, I, here's why I, I highlight it. I think that might be one of my OAP games. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Because Illinois is not good and Eastern Michigan is not good, but okay. who do you trust less? You know, <laughs> is there a right answer to that? No, question? it's just going to be chaos. Oh my god! To be, I mean, I want to be clear. Just because I say a game is going to be good doesn't mean the teams are good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, very. Oh, well, I'm aware. Okay. Okay. Maryland at Temple. Here's a test. This is my OPE game. Oh, oh. This one's my OPE game because Maryland, not a program accustomed to a whole lot of success on the gridiron. Mm-hmm. Mike Loxley, new head coach. I want to see how they handle it. Yeah, I mean, and Temple, is... Temple, not not a great team, but a program that has consistently won eight or nine games the last few years. Put some pros in the league. Hey, man, Temp- Temple's no slouch. They Road never game? have been. They've been. They pushed Penn State to the limit in the yep. past. They know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, like I said, does Maryland start re- uh, feeling themselves? Mm-hmm. We'll find out. So it's a nice little eleven a.m. slate. Um, hop to the afternoon. Um, tough game. UNLV Northwestern. Northwestern uh, needs to win badly. And do it. Hunter Johnson needs to show that he badly. Boy, that's thing. not looking great. No, right it's not. Um, big bounce back game for them. As I mentioned, Georgia Southern at Minnesota. I don't know why Minnesota's doing to this to, the, to themselves. Like, just yeah, schedule seems, a MAC team. It seems unnecessary. Just schedule a MAC team. Um, Iowa at Iowa State, as we yep. mentioned. This is the Big Ten game of the week here, folks. Uh, El Asico, as they call it. Um, this is a, a big one for Iowa. Absolutely. I mean, you win this game and you... St- I'm kind of in on Iowa. I'm not going to lie to you. We've been hyping them I'm up together. Of, I'm, I'm sort of in on them, but this one is... You know, you're finally playing like a... Or you're playing like a pretty good team, uh, Iowa State. That they always kind of gives you some trouble. They were a No David dark, Montgomery. It, right. But they were a dark horse Big 12. If yeah. you didn't want to pick Oklahoma, who would you pick? People yeah, were they're, picking them. They're, they're not far from the top of that conference, but... Uh, yeah, uh, no love lost between these two teams. Um, I mean, uh, corn aplenty. Let's, let's let's see. I mean, they get by this game. They're favored. Yeah, it's gonna be a good game. They, it's always it's no easy walk into Jack Trice Stadium. <laughs> they get by them, and then they're gonna skate by uh, Middle Tennessee State. I don't know why MTSU is playing so many Big Ten teams. Yeah, they should really stop. And then you got potentially undefeated Iowa headed to Michigan. Hey, uh oh. Look out. That's when we find out who's I love the it. real. Um, so, yeah, that'll be a fun game. Like I mentioned, the corn 
Bowl. It's a good one. Uh, TCU at Purdue. Huh. Yeah. You're not in on that? I mean, like, it's fine. Two Power 5 teams playing. Yeah, no, it's not nothing. I I, I don't know. TCU, I don't really know if I can trust TCU again. They, they broke my heart last year. Um, I was kind of in on them for a while, and they sort of stole things away from me. But I, I don't know. This will be interesting. I mean, Purdue has the chance to bounce back with two nice wins in a row. Yep. Um, but TCU's a tough one, man. Defense travels, and they typically have a good one. T- TCU's favorite in this one, as much as I can't stand – like putting money on Purdue, I think that's that might be the way to yeah. go. Uh, and then this is my other. This is another Ope game. Is Northern Illinois at Nebraska? Yeah, big for Nebraska to have to answer after last week. I mean, again, another team that just had all the hype in the world coming into the season. Now we've seen teams bounce back from early season losses all the time. Mm-hmm. Conference play hasn't even started yet. Um, but so, you go one and two? But, yeah. I mean, one and two is one and two. Doesn't matter if it's in conference, out of conference. I mean, we did see Northwestern do it last year where they ended up going eight, what, eight and four and winning the division. Yep. Um, That's pretty yeah, rare. They could, exactly. So you, you put yourself in a in a tough spot with a young team. You don't want to have shaky confidence going into the season. So this, this is an important bounce back for them. So um, pretty good slate. I got to think that besides Iowa, Iowa State, people are going to have eyes on uh, Michigan State versus Arizona State. Yeah, honestly, that's actually probably the Big Ten game of the week. Well, college game day is going to Iowa Iowa State. Um, But we're going to quickly go through why this program stinks. Let's trash them. If you're new to the pod, we make fun of the team we're playing, and we ask you to help us. Um, Let's quickly go through why Arizona State stinks. Well, um, they've won one Pac-12 championship since they've been in the conference in football. Or since 1996, they have three total and zero in basketball. That's so hard to do, to be that, that bad. When you're in the conference for that long and you still can't do anything of note, that's that's not good. Quarterbacks um, of, of merit. None. Uh, of course. Well, Except the Brockett ship. Okay, but you got Brock Osweiler, who yep. was only drafted and like seemingly put on rosters because he was 6'7". He is tall. We have to give him that. Can't teach He's height. also a great, uh, a great gave us all a great gif when Peyton Manning headed back out of the field and he just yeah. shrugged and lo- rolled his eyes. Loved that. That was a good one. That, and they did give us Jake the Snake Plumber. That's where I was going to correct you. There is one uh, quarterback of record. Jake the Snake Plumber, baby. I'll give you that one. Um, Beyond that, Arizona State, you know, doesn't do much for me. and doesn't do much for the conference. They don't no. help themselves. I mean, they are known as being a party school, and I think that just translates to being known for, like, a lot of people have herpes on that campus. Like, that's, yeah. just, a, that's just a thing that's true. Um, they all... accept, like, 83% of the people that apply. Yikes. I mean, listen, if you're just trying to have a party in the desert, not many places you're going to find that are better than, than Arizona State. I mean, it's that or Burning Man. And then... That's um, essentially the same thing. And then if you do go to a party... Um, you're probably going to walk in and do some molly and walk yep. out with some love bumps on your stuff. <laughs> and don't just don't go in the hot tub. If there's one piece of advice for anyone who ever Ooh, goes to, to Tempe, yep. just don't go in the hot Tough tub. Tough stuff. Um, best basketball player? Um, obviously, people think James Harden. Say Jim Harden. Um, I, he wasn't that great in college, I'll say it. <laughs> I'll say it. He was number three overall draft pick. It doesn't mean, like, okay, Marvin Williams was, like, the number two overall pick, and he didn't play at North Carolina. But my point is, your best player of all time, um, 
hasn't won anything in the NBA, didn't win anything while he was in Arizona State. And in fact, um, I would challenge that he's the best player of all time. I think Arizona State's best player of all time is Eddie House. Ooh, I like that. Career points leader, um, season points leader, uh-huh. um, game high points leader. I think he had like 60 in a game or something, 50 okay. in a game. Eddie House, man, he's bucket getter. James Harden's beard is stupid, I'll say it. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. It's a dumb gimmick. You're you you're hiding behind it, you coward. I uh, remember in um, knocked up when the guy has a dare and he has to just grow the beard. Yeah, <laughs> it's like James Harden. It's that he's like stuck to his shtick. He can't let it go. Yeah, it's it's not good. And he's also like he's the reason that that team broke up. He he got traded, and I hold him responsible for it. Um, and he's like the most notable thing that's happened out of Arizona State in some time. Um, they hired a head coach in Herm Edwards who legitimately did not know what the mascot was a devil, which was <laughs> not great because he's super Christian. Um, I don't know if they've like been avoiding it. They just like when he found out that it was like the kid interviewed him at his press conference and was that. like, hey, I'm at the Devil's Digest. And he was like, what'd you say? The Devil's Digest? And he's like, uh, yeah, it's the mascot. Like, yeah, it's uh, Sparky? Yeah. You ever heard of him? No, no, I haven't. So, um, Also, fun fact, in terms of former quarterbacks, former Michigan quarterback Stephen Threat mm. played for a year at Arizona State. Did he transfer to Arizona State? He sure did. Imagine watching him play at Michigan and saying, sure, yeah, we need it. That's where it'll go. Uh, also, just quickly on Herm Lewis, he managed to hire the only person – well, not the only person. The the person most comfortable with losing on a big stage uh-huh. as a special advisor to his team, and that's Marvin Lewis. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jim Harbaugh. No. Oh. <laughs> if anybody knows how to lose a big game besides our friend James, it's Marvin. Oh, boy. Marvin Lewis. Is he, he's on the staff here? Yeah. Special advisor. So just, just picking up checks. Chilling mostly. Dude, huh? I respect <laughs> it, dude. Just pick up those. Just get those checks, Marvin. I'll be up in he the press is, box. He, Marvin Lewis is a all-time finesser. King grifter. Like, <laughs> he coached one team in the NFL, made the playoffs like seven times or something crazy like that, yeah. and lost every single time. It's pretty awesome. It's remarkable. Well, and to the point where they fired him and then hired him back, right? Where they were like, They were like gonna fire him, and then they are like, nah, never mind. You know what it is? Basically, the Bengals with Marvin Lewis was, it was such a dysfunctional relationship that they broke up with him, and then instead they were like, "Let's just get let's get married." That way, just you know what? Listen up, baby. Let's just get engaged. It's one of the two yeah, things. Yeah. This is super healthy. I already bought the rock. That's this is a really healthy this thing. Is a, this is good for everybody. So um, okay, let's go to the peanut gallery. Wait, I think. Do we want, oh, you got more? Nice thing. Got it. Yeah. Um. Hit, hit me. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh. Yep, okay, hold on. Sorry. You're you're from Sergeant Sparty. Your state is so hot during football season that you literally cannot play during the day. And you're still historically terrible even though your entire scheduling strategy is body clock. It's true. <laughs> you guys have a huge huge advantage and you can't even win. Like and that goes for teams in your conference. You're playing Washington yeah. and Oregon. <laughs> Arpon Lobo says Vontez Perfect might actually be crazy. Oh, well, I think we know that to be true. Uh, Dr. Green and White Paul Fanson says it isn't clear if their mascot is simply a demonic force or some sort of sun worshiping cult or both, but <laughs> sure, okay. Also, they're from the desert and are coming out of this coming to place what? They are from the desert and are coming to place with a lot of water for conquest. Isn't that just the pilot? To the film Oblivion and or an 80s TV show called V. I don't know either of those references, but uh, Paul, I really like your work. 
Um, Matt Wiggins says, can't spell Basura without ASU. That was a favorite That's for great. me. Um, uh, <laughs> Coach A. Murray says, it's too hot to think. And that's also how you get set, accepted to Arizona State. Ooh, double bird. I like that. Uh, Sarah Norris, neon fan, says, Forks up and the accompanying gesture is a dumb, blatant ripoff of Hook'em Horns and is also obscene. <laughs> and I'm also not clear that the mascot's trident can actually be classified as a fork. Hmm, fair. Uh, speaking of the mascot, it's a bargain basement 50s Disney cartoon villain, literally. Oh, found this out. It's an evil Walt Disney. Yeah, Robert uh, Stefanik jumped in and showed us actual back. He looks like him. He sure does. Don't like it. The no. mustache is creepy. Yeah. Unneeded. How about, yeah. Walt Disney's got a lot of creepy stuff going on. Yeah. Um, okay. The Keith Ski says they'll take anyone and those anyone still can't finish. Uh, they're great. <laughs> they have an 83% acceptance rate and a 63% graduation rate. Yikes. Um, yeah, uh, overall, um, not pump. Oh, CT and TC. I'd rather take a ride in an SUV with Mo Taylor than with your (laughs) basketball coach. That's a, that's a deep cut. Um, if you're not familiar folks, Mo Taylor flipped an SUV with one Mateen Cleaves in it. And, um, some may say it led to the Michigan state run. Um, also, uh, that references one Bobby Hurley who was in a motorcycle accident yeah i mean that's pretty rough uh finally go msu butt boy 69 says they're what the university of arizona would be if arizona wasn't good at basketball oh yeah that's actually and he also says they're usc for people whose parents couldn't afford to bribe usc (laughs) (laughs) i like that one the most pretty Uh, good but there are some good things about him yeah before we jump into the preview one nice thing two two yeah uh, both having to do with wide receivers. former and soon-to-be wide receivers. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah Amir Mustafa, former wide receiver, is the Old Spice guy. The dude that always has his shirt off and is yes. doing weird stuff. Okay, I like that. Sure. The non-Terry Crews version. We're getting a lot of Old Spice guys. Well, we are on a trend here. I, I will be beside myself if Northwestern has a wide... has a Oh, baby. Has a somehow... Because we've mentioned Terry Crews last week. Yep. And we got uh, Isaiah Amir Mustafa this week. Mm-hmm. Who does Northwestern have? We'll find out. There's no telling. Stay tuned. Uh, the other nice thing. This coming up, Ocho Cinco's son, Ocho Cinco uh, Dos, mm. as they call him, uh, <laughs> is the high, is their, currently their highest committed 2020 recruit, wide receiver. I mean, they, I will say they... Got to say, listen, I'm glad he's not following his father's footsteps because people forget. Chad Johnson went to Oregon State. Mm. Good for younger Chad Johnson for getting... Getting ahead of that one and saying, yeah, Dad, I'm good. Uh, Ocho Cinco Jr. Yes. Watch out for the love bumps. Yeah, careful, buddy. Don't go in the hot tub. Okay, so Arizona State, we get them on our turf. This is revenge game, Jake Hartberger revenge game. Oh, big time. Um, You bastards. 3 p.m. on one Fox spread, 10.5 at to open, and it has shot up to 14 in favor of Michigan State. An over-under of 44.5, so let's go. Yeah, I mean, people obviously enjoying what they saw last week and uh, not liking what they've seen from Arizona State. So the computers say um, there's probably around a 92% chance Michigan State's going to win this game. A lot of that has to do with what happened last week with Arizona State, mm-hmm. who struggled terribly at home on a Friday night against FCS Sacramento State. Yeah. This isn't even like 
Minnesota struggling against South Dakota State, who's actually a very good FCS program. Sacramento State, um, not exactly anything to, to write home about. Uh, Arizona State won that game 19-7. to It mm. was a terrible game, and Arizona State couldn't get the ball moving um, on the ground, which is a huge problem yeah. if you're struggling against an FCS team and you're right. about to play Michigan State. Right. So, um, moving on to who the court, who is the quarterback? Well, it is a true freshman, and he is in his third game, Jaden Daniels, 6'3", and this is an important number, 175 pounds. Not large. In fact, quite small. He has pretty good numbers, 32-51 on the year, 588 yards with a 63% uh, completion, three touchdowns, zero picks, um, and one rushing touchdown. Um, That's pretty good. Again, they've played Kent State and Sacramento State, and Kent State, if you're wondering, is going to be a very bad MAC team this year. Yeah, so it's a tough go for them thus far. Um we just dive into what they do well and what they don't do well. What they do well is probably, so far, it's been passing the ball. I mean, like you just said, uh, Daniels is averaging 294 yards through the air, and they do have a receiver named Brandon Ayuk, who is one of the top 10, I believe, receiving yardage leaders in FBS. Yeah, he's right up there. And again, you know, all of these stats, take them with a grain of salt. No, of course. Only two games in, but... But still, guys that have flashed early in the season. Yards are yards. Yep, and... Um, so offensively, but really the star of the show on offense is their running back, Eno Benjamin. Um, he was bottled up big time last year against Michigan State and has uh, been bottled up, relatively bottled up so far this year. Yeah, this, um, this is a guy who um, really is an NFL prospect, but he this year their offensive line has been so rough. I mean, against Sacramento State, they had 91 rushing yards against an FCS team, um, 2.3 yards per carry. I mean, he had 24 carries for 69 yards. Yeah, it's it's rough sledding out there for him right now. I do believe they've had a couple injuries on that offensive line. Um, and, and you know what? This offense lost a lot of talent. I mean, last year, Manny Wilkins, you saw him make a couple of huge plays against Michigan State. He was a fifth-year senior quarterback. Drafted by the Packers. Drafted by the Packers and also lost Nikhil Harry. He was drafted, I think, in the second round First by the Patriots. Round. First round by the Patriots. I mean, re- you saw him you know, ultimately make the deciding play in that game. I mean, he and we called that out last year, and right. everyone knew star. He, he's a stud. Um, but you lose a first round, like first round wide receiver mm-hmm. talent. There's going to be a drop off, and a senior quarterback, and you go to a true freshman. I mean, this is a this is a big reset year, and it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but when you look back at last year, we kind of I think we said that going into last year. This is a senior laden team. It was actually a pretty good situation for, for Herm Edwards yeah. to step into. Uh, now, aside from that win against Michigan State, he only ended up going seven and six. Probably mm-hmm. doesn't make a bowl game if he loses to MSU. That's right. Yeah, it was, um, or maybe does, but it's six and six. Well, and weirdly, the the Pac twelve South was so crummy that they were like weirdly in mm-hmm. the chance to be in the Pac twelve championship, yep. even at being like. Uh, I think it was seven and five. Yeah, it's not a good. It wasn't a good team then, and they lost a ton of talent, not only on the offensive side but on the defensive side, where they lost a couple defensive linemen, including nose tackle Renell Wren, who did some serious damage against Michigan State's offensive line a year ago. But that dude did some damage against a lot of lines. He was um, really good. Yeah. Renell Wren is really good. Um, um, but D- but Dinsel still, even called it out. In the presser today about yep. that guy's gone, so that's good. Yep, he is gone. <laughs> they do bring uh, they do bring back a couple of good players. So so far, 
they they've deflected 10 passes, which I actually kind of thought was interesting. Now, again, not against excellent quarterbacks, but it shows that, you know, the defensive backs and, and other players are getting their hands up. They run a 3-3-5, uh, which is the same as Tulsa. So interesting challenges there. And I was just talking about D-backs. They do have one defensive back who's getting, you know, national love a little bit in NFL draft looks, and that's Chase Lucas, the corner. Yeah, I mean, you're you a big NFL mock guy, um, and he's starting to get a fir- day one even talk, yeah. which is that's pretty high praise. Um, so I'm guessing he'll be matched up with Cody White, which opens a lot of opportunities for Daryl Stewart. To- yeah, or vice versa. I mean, mm-hmm. typically, you know, I think you got to go to your other options. And that's one of the things we were just talking about earlier. You have other diverse options where if one guy's getting shut down, you you have to be able to confidently go to the others. And I think that was one area we saw MSU take a big step forward last week, and hopefully they can continue it on because if Lucas is as advertised, uh, he's going to be blanketed on at least one of these, you know, one of the best receivers all night. Yeah, one of one of the things to to keep an eye on here is um, they, you know, Benjamin, despite having a really tough go of it, he, I believe, he left the nation in uh, most missed tackles for us on carries 83 last mm-hmm. year um so he's very slippery uh and but he's not like a slippery back he's no, very he's really power not. heavy so like um j- this is a guy that's going to need to be gang tackled and it sounds like that's what um kent state and sacramento state were able to do yeah i think one thing actually kind of brings me to a point i missed earlier but um if he is able to get into the secondary, one thing I noticed MSU DBs doing last week was really tackling quite well. I mean, mm-hmm. I noticed a couple times it jumped off the page where they had Xavier Henderson came up and made a couple of big sticks. I noticed Kalen Gervin made a couple of really nice stops. Josiah Scott's always been a reliable tackler, as has David Dowell. Uh, I think, you know, having a secondary of guys that can make some stops. And honestly, people forget Shakur Brown didn't play last week. That's right. He's going to be back this week. Uh, and now that you've gotten Kalon some good minutes, you got Shaq coming back, you've got four pretty reliable cornerbacks and two exciting safeties that start making plays. So um, they're just, they're probably, you know, obviously with the front seven Michigan State has and the, the banged up state of Arizona State's, you know, front line, um, probably be a lot of linebackers doing the tackling, but if those safeties and, and corners are probably going to have to make a stop or two. Yeah, I think um, what you're going to see is, you know, Sacramento State got more had more first downs than Arizona State and actually had more possession than them, which is just not okay. No. That said, Arizona State has a stout, above-average defense. They do. The offense is still obviously not quite put together yet. They have a true freshman quarterback. They're unable to let give Eno Benjamin the ball the way they want to, and I'm sure they really wanted to lean on him until the true freshman mm-hmm. got, um, his, as I mentioned, his feet wet. Um, it's just not happening. So, you know, you're going to kind of go back to, because they have a more, maybe a bit more stout of defense, this is going to be back to maybe an older Michigan State game where it's about field possession. You're going you're gonna to choke them out with time of possession. You're just going to grind it into the ground. Mm-hmm. You're going to flip the field, and you're just going to slowly beat them because they're not going to score on you. And we're going to take our points when we can get them, and you're going to get out of dodge. Yeah, I'll be interested. I think that approach probably makes a lot of sense. I think uh, ball control makes sense. Um, I, honestly, Jaden Daniels is going to have a tough day, man. I, I mean, either he's going to come out and he is going to prove everybody that he is one of the best true freshman talents in the nation. Mm-hmm. Possible. Won't rule it out. Doesn't look that way so far. Mm-hmm. You're asking for quite a bit. Uh, on the road against one of the best defenses 
the, one of the best defenses in the nation with one of the best, if not the best, front seven in the nation, mm-hmm. which is extremely daunting. And a damn good secondary behind that uh, and a team that's finally kind of feeling itself and looking to get revenge. I mean, I, and with the state of their offensive lineman, I think he is going to take a beating. And I think yep. he is going to have to prove that he is a very mentally tough young man in order to, A, sustain that and keep fighting and not cost turnovers. I think the defense has a chance not only to win this game by causing three and outs, I think there are turnovers to be had. I think there are interceptions, fumbles. Uh, this kid, one thing I did notice, and just watching a couple highlights, uh, is that he carries the ball very willy-nilly. He's not a ball security guy thus mm-hmm. far, which is not surprising because he's a true freshman. But um, that is an area Michigan State's defense is probably going to key on. And they're going to try to try to make the offense's life easy cause those turnovers, and then the offense just simply needs to do their job. I mean, that is one thing that I think we should say is, and I know everybody knows this, they're not going to score 51 points every week. Nope. However, you don't have to to win this game. You need to come out and score 24 to 28 points, and you can really win this game. I personally think that the goal, statistically, teams win like 80% of the games when they score 30 points. Like it's a crazy number or something like that, and so I think if Michigan State can flirt with thirty, asking for thirty is obviously a big step up over a year ago. We've only seen it happen one time so far this year, so I'm not getting too far ahead of myself. But if you can flirt with that number on a weekly basis, you should be able to win most of your games. And I think that's definitely if that's not enough to finish this week, then we're going to be much more nervous on our pod next week. That's right. You know, uh, as we mentioned that. MSU's defense versus Arizona State's off- offense appears to be a mismatch. Um, I Again, you hold them to under 20 points. I, I don't see a lot of ways Arizona State is scoring more than that without any goofy mm-hmm. plays. Yeah. You know, without any, you know, fl- uh, flukes. Flukes, you know, and um, you know, it's on the offense to, to put up 24. And that's the, and that, and you know, you said your goal and probably the team's goal is 30. I think D'Antoni even mentioned that. Yeah. And it should be. That is a reasonable, healthy, a slightly above average goal. Mm-hmm. I think with this elite defense, it really only needs to be like 24. It doesn't need to be right. 30? Of course. Of but course. if you score 30 points, I don't know, man. Find me uh, find me more than two or three offenses in the nation that are putting up 30 on MSU. And find, Literally no one did it last well, year. And find me two or three on this schedule. Yeah. So, no, seriously. I mean, I, I'm I, with you, man. I think this game in particular uh, has a chance to be. I, I don't want to say that this is a surefire win because no, 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 it's no. still a division. It's a Pac 12 team. It's uh, a team that beat Michigan State a year ago when we felt right. confident going into that one. So um, you can't you can't feel that way. But I will say on paper, it shapes up in Michigan State's favor. So um, let's quickly talk about the depth chart and injuries. And then I want to just kind of run through like your thoughts, predictions, what you want to see out of this game. Okay, so Jalen Naylor, as we mentioned, is out. Um, and uh, for an un- undisclosed amount of time, uh, Michigan State may know. Uh, and may- or maybe it's just too long of a timetable they understand. Mm-hmm. But as we mentioned earlier, C.J. Hayes has really stepped up. So he is the new starting Z wide receiver. And because Jalen Naylor is out, that means uh, Cody White is the new punt returner. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Cody White getting the nod over Daryl Stewart, getting the nod over Brandon Sowards. You know, he appears to be the guy that uh, D'Antonio is comfortable with. Big fan. Um, Big fan of that decision. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan of... D'Antonio did this at the beginning of his career. He put Greg Jones um, 
on special teams mm-hmm. because he said, why would I not have my best tackler on the field as much as possible when I'm trying to tackle? And he's right. You know, if why wouldn't I have one of my best players, playmakers on the field and that I'm confident catching the ball when... I couldn't agree more. So, uh, punt returner and Cody White's hands, Eli Collins, no oars. No oars. He is the starting Nor should there be. <laughs> running back. And um, a few changes on the offensive line. Yeah, so at left guard, you now have Luke Campbell as the true starter. Um, previously, that had been, I think, Tyler Higby, or there was an or there with Higby or Campbell. Mm-hmm. Now, on the right, at right guard, it is Matt Carrick or Tyler Higby. That's right. Um, I also noticed that AJR Curie is back as the backup at left tackle. He came in for a little bit and then went out last week. I've uh, heard through the grapevine that that's an ankle. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a pain tolerance thing. I won't be surprised. Again, with, with Chewins, we don't know anything. I believe it's a back. Uh, these two guys, especially with the way the line played last week, they are going to let them rest for as long as they possibly can. Um, but I think Luke Campbell coming back and taking that left guard job and really playing well last week is a big win to solidify that. I thought Matt Allen played pretty well. I think you'll still see some Blake Buter. Um, if the offensive line can string together two straight games, now you're probably not going to get 200 yards rushing out of Elijah Collins again, but if you can put together another competent performance on the ground, uh, this team is going to start rolling. I mean, they're going to start feeling really confident, and I think along that offensive line where you probably haven't felt truly confident since 2015, Mm -hmm. that's none of these guys were playing then. Mm-hmm. literally none of them. These guys have never gone into a game probably feeling like, hey, we're going to go out there and we're going to smash these guys in the mouth and we're going to go win and we're going to assert our will. As which, starters. As starters, which yeah. is what they did last week. Mm-hmm. And now I think if you can put a couple of those games together, confidence, I just think you saw it last week, man. Confidence does everything. And getting these guys in a position where uh, they can contribute and feel good about themselves. And shout out to Jordan Reed. I trashed him last mm-hmm. week. And he came out and played, I thought, pretty well. They ran a lot of plays to the right side. And uh, I saw Elijah, Elijah Collins busting plays to the right side of the field quite a bit. So shout out to Jordan Reed. And, you know, this will be the third game. Uh, Cole Chewins out. Yep. Uh, do we think, I mean, at this point, are, are we talking no season? You no, know? I mean, I, th- I think, again, it's a back injury. Right. Uh, I think it's completely a pain tolerance thing. And he... At this point, I look at Cole Chewins and I think if he's back, it's gravy. Mm-hmm. I think you have to plan as if he's not. Yeah, I, I, think, I would agree. I think this. Our is, Curie's different. I, I think our Curie is going to be back at some point. Right, an ankle seems a lot more. Easy. Yes, an ankle you can tape up and yeah. figure out. Uh, back, back, back's tough, and I hope, I hope it's he a doesn't shame. come back if he doesn't. Really yeah, it, it's a shame for Cole because um, I, I think. It's probably going to end up just being a pain tolerance thing, mm-hmm. and, and that's just that. So I do wonder if maybe in the second half of the season, this guy's like, this is my last year. Sure. I worked my ass off to get here. I'm going to figure it out and get out there. Health is important. Uh, though, yeah, I totally agree. But um, it, I think that'll be interesting. No new starters on the defense. <laughs> they shouldn't. Nor should, keep, the, nor should going, there maybe. be. Um, so uh, we'll wrap up here. Uh, MSU probably uh, – 14-point favorite might even go up a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, feeling good about covering? That's a big number. It's a big number. Um, I'll say it this way. I would not be surprised if they cover. Okay. I'm just not sure how Arizona State's going to score, and I think MSU will ride their confidence to 24 to 27 points. I'm not sure Arizona State's putting up 14. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, this might be feels like a 31-17 game is what, is what mm-hmm. Vegas is saying. 
um, ultimately. Uh, 31 points is a lot of points. It's a lot of points, but... So I'm taking the under on that's the 44 fair. and a half. I'll buy that. Feels like a lot for both sides. Um, prop bet. You ready? Yep. Does Jake Hartberger hit somebody? <laughs> I hope not. I, think I he, would like him to, but I hope not. I wouldn't blame hunt. him. I wouldn't blame him, man. Jake Hartberger revenge game. Disrespect embodied. Somebody's going to hit someone for him. Yeah, I hope so. I hope they find whoever hit him last year and, and catch, knock him out. Might but. catch a body. One other thing I realized before we jump into what you want to see. No, actually, I'll save it for the very end. So if you going into this game, aside from a win, what would you want to see out of this game? 100 yards rushing from Eli, from him, because mm-hmm. I would. I hope he's a guy. Mm-hmm. I want, um, But I don't want him to get more than... Uh, two thirds of the carries because if you're gonna do a fre- this freshman thing, is a wall. Yeah, it's coming. 100. And 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 maybe I'm getting ahead of my skis here, mm-hmm. but you got to pace somebody like that. So over 100 yards, but not with more than two thirds of the carries. Um, Brian, ball control. Um, get it to your playmakers. Uh, we've seen what happens when you just get the ball to Larry Nelson, Daryl Stewart. Uh, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Just get the rock, baby. It's yep. fine. You don't have to do it all, Brian. And the defense in the special teams, they're elite units. Even if they have below average games, it's a better game than 110 teams in the country. Yep, agreed. I would like to see the same type of confidence and execution and pace that they played with a week ago. That was the thing that jumped off the, the page to me more, and I know I've already said it, but the fact that they looked so comfortable and didn't look like they were pressing – didn't look like they, you know, I, I think completing that big pass on the first play of the game kind of set the tone for them. I would be, I'll be interested to see if they come out and try to do that again. Um, I think Arizona State will be waiting for it, but mm-hmm. it still wouldn't be surprised if they try to do it. Uh, I just, I want to see confidence. I want to see an offense that feels like they can go confidently do their job because, again, I'm not sure they've had that in a really long time. I'm not sure they've totally had that in the Brian Lewerke era. To be totally honest with you, I, I really don't. I don't know that they've gone into a game aside from maybe Washington State, and then fe- and felt like we're going to go assert our will. Yeah, I mean, I think you saw MSU have an above average offensive game against a below average team overall in mm-hmm. in the country. Um, it you should want thirty points. Mm-hmm. Um, you you should know that this team, D'Antonio teams, do slowly improve. Yep. Um, so even if there's a feels like a regression, it may or may not be because Arizona State, like I mentioned, is a stout above average defense. So yeah, it's a it's a it's going to be an interesting challenge. Um, again, they play that three three five, so similar to what Tulsa plays. Um, so I'm I'm hoping for a win. One <laughs> last thing, which I can't believe we missed at the top. What's up? Tum Tum Naren is back as an assistant coach. He, it is true. He's uh, back in the best possible capacity for Lou Rawls Tum Tum Naren, which is not playing. On the bench. He's there. He's on the bench. Chatting He's a up. leader, coaching mm-hmm. him up. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's. I, I think we said this for the lo- as long as he was on the roster that like they should bring him back as soon as possible mm-hmm. to be some type of assistant coach or Great student recruiter. coach or something. I, he's everybody's favorite person. He's now worked in the NBA for a year. Like as long as he's not teaching any shooting drills, like I'm so fine and love the fact that he is is back because for all that he lacked as a basketball player, he was 
that and more as an ambassador for the school. So I'm thrilled to have him back as a Spartan. Me too. It's going to be fun to see him on the bench and running out. Um, there, oh yeah, for one, sure. One nightmare scenario. Uh, don't. Izzo walks into into the practice gym and sees Cassius Winston, who turns and says, "Coach, um, I've been working on my shot with Tum Tum." <laughs> And then Tom Izzo wakes up in the hospital because he had a heart attack. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be bad. But still, it's, it's worth it to give Tom Tom a shout-out, man. He's, he's back. I hope he's on campus this week with Imani Bates. That's right. That's right. It's an unofficial visit, boys <laughs> and gals. All, All right, right, friends. All right, guys. Well, uh, this was fun. Um, let's go get a dub this week. Make it 3-0. Uh, for John, this is Austin, and we will catch you guys next week. See ya. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.